0: This is the Author Archive Podcast. I'm David Freeman. About 20 years ago, Mark Billingham was known as a stand-up comic. But then he had a change of careers. He became a thriller writer. He invented Tom Thorne. The first book in the series was called Sleepyhead, and I met Mark to talk about it. So I started by asking him if something had happened in his life which had triggered the career change.
1: Uh, well, th- there was something that happened to me. I, I, I was uh, I was the victim of the victim of violent crime. Uh, I, um, I got to, I got held up in a hotel room in Manchester. Uh, I'd uh, I'd ordered a pizza and a, and a and a beer and stuff to have in the room, and then there was a knock on the door half an hour later, and I thought room service, and I opened it, and uh, three guys in balaclavas, and I thought, oh, room service is interesting in this hotel, and. Uh, I was in there kind of bound and gagged for an hour and a half by these guys. And it was a very scary kind of experience. And I just realised it was it was all about the kind of the power of fear, if you like. And I just thought that is a very potent thing. Um, and at the same time, I was <coughs> very interested in reading crime fiction and I was reviewing crime fiction and that kind of stuff. And I was writing stuff for TV. And I just thought I'm going to sit down and try and write the kind of book I like to read. And, uh, and that was it, really. Did they
0: ever find the people who did no. that to you? no, no.
1: No, I don't, think, uh, I don't think it was high on their, their list of priorities. But, uh, it was a nasty business. And in fact, it does feed directly into the, into the book that comes after Sleepyhead. I've actually used some, some of that experience to feed yeah. directly into it. Bit, but. In Sleepyhead, yeah. your, your villain
0: here is mm-hmm. a wacky one, isn't he? I'm not quite sure who's gonna play him in the movie, <laughs> but um, he makes Hal- Hannibal Lecter look quite well-adjusted, really.
1: He does, although it's a very strange thing. People who have read the book, bu- uh, there's been a lot of stuff about, oh, the, it's very gory, It's very, and in fact it just isn't. But it's one of those books that you kind of think must have been after you've read it, uh, which I, I take as a kind of compliment, really. I, could, I mean, I, I do kind of avoid all that blood and gore and, and post-mortems and dissections and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I quite like reading that, that stuff, but I'm, uh, I'm a bit too... Uh, but too girly to write it. But, um, but people have been very scared by it, which, which is great. No, he's very interesting. He's, he's a serial killer who doesn't actually want to kill anybody. And what he does to
0: them, I mean, uh, I hope no one's going to use this as a how-to guide, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> as a
1: handbook, but presumably it, it does work. Yes, there, there, there were two things that happened that kind of sparked me off. Um, there was a, a wonderful book written many, many years ago called Diving Bell and the Butterfly by Ooh. this uh, by a French uh, photojournalist who'd, who'd had a stroke and was uh, and suffered from this terrible condition called locked-in syndrome whereby you're completely aware of all your surroundings, you can hear and see and feel, and but you can't move a muscle. I mean, you are dead to all intents and purposes. Um, and that had been kind of going around my head ever since I'd, I'd read this book. Uh, and there's, a, there's always a moment in a lot of crime thrillers, which I, I read a lot of, where somebody will say, he's made a mistake, governor, he's left one alive. There's always a moment like that. And I just kind of thought, wouldn't it be good to turn that on its head uh, and discover that the one that's still alive is actually the first one he's got right. But I couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, and my wife, who's a, who's a TV director, was directing Casualty at the time. And she said, oh, you need to talk to this guy who's our medical advisor. And I said, if you wanted to do that to somebody on purpose, could you? And he just sort of went, that's the sickest thing I've ever heard. That's fantastic. And he went away and he came back and he went, yeah, you could, but it'd be really, really difficult. You'd have to do all this bizarre manipulation of the head and the neck and all this kind of stuff. And if you got it wrong, you'd kill him. And that was a kind of ping-like moment when I just thought, there's a book there. Um, and it is, it is possible, but very, very difficult. You'd need, you'd need expert medical training.
0: So how much are you prepared to divulge... Uh,
1: of your villain mm. then, how come he, he is able to do it? Well, that I can't exactly divulge that. That's always the problem with, when we're talking about crime okay.
0: fiction.
1: Okay. Uh, what, what can you tell us? Is he a young man? Uh,
0: I can't say that either. Okay, you can't <laughs> say that. Do his skills run in the family? <laughs> There's so much you can't say. Okay, alright. <laughs> Well, that one went well. Uh, <laughs> how about then? Have you actually met
1: people with locked-in syndrome? No, no. I, I uh, the uh, the internet is a wonderful thing. Um, what what? Uh, and if you if you trawl through the internet, what you what you will discover about people who? It's not it's not a, it's not necessarily a terminal condition. Locked-in syndrome. It is something that you can recover from to a degree, but you're always going to be um, dependent on. On medical science and money, to a degree, because you need all these fantastic, you know, eye wheelchairs that you can control by a blink of the eye, and all that kind of stuff. Um, sadly, the uh, the victim of locked-in syndrome in, in Sleepyhead doesn't have a vast private income or uh, or a huge extended family who can raise money for her, so she's in she's in a bit of trouble. But uh, um, I've I've gone into it in in quite a lot of detail. Again, you have to you have to play with the facts a little bit. Uh, in order to make the story work, but I've stuck, you know, I've, uh, medically, medically it's pretty accurate.
0: There is a bit of tub-thumping in here as well, isn't there? There's a bit of NHS politicising.
1: A, a, a little bit, only a little bit, um, because I, I'm not, you know, I, that's not primarily what the book's about, but I do have, yeah, I do have views about what's happening to the NHS, and a lot of the action takes place in hospitals, and and some of the stuff that is happening to Alison, the, 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 the poor victim of this, um, again, is based on, uh, direct uh, conversations with with medical staff who said, "No, this is the kind of thing that that really does happen. You know, we don't have this the money to to have this medical equipment." Uh, and and I've, I have made a point of of saying in the book that uh, the stuff the stuff in there is not is not meant to reflect badly on doctors or nurses uh, in any of the hospitals mentioned, but on you know on the lack of funding. So we can't talk about um, the villain, but the he's killer, good.
0: The, the killer, yeah. So I picked this up in the bookshop. How do you describe it to me? Um,
1: it's a. I, I I have no problem with anybody describing it as a thriller. Uh, I know people can get very very uh, prissy about that and go, no, it's a, it's a crime novel or it's a. Uh, I, I remember I remember ages and ages ago, my agent when she said I'm trying, you know, when she was trying to sell the book, said, do you mind if I describe it as? A, I said you can describe it as a cookery book if you think people are going to buy it. Um, but yeah, it's a thriller. It's a crime novel. It's it's a dark novel. It's not a cosy crime novel. Um, the central character is, is, is by no means uh, somebody who always gets things right, my hero, uh, Detective Inspector Tom Thorne. He doesn't always get things right, he makes mistakes. Uh, hopefully he reflects a kind of uh, modern way of policing which is, which is accurate in that there are a lot of mistakes and, uh, and cock-ups and nothing is neat and tidy and endings aren't, you know, nothing is rounded up. Uh, it's difficult because when you write when you when you write for America for the American market, you quite often have to tie up those loose ends because they go, please could you add another chapter on the end here because, you know, the residents of you know Illinois won't you know will want to know that, you know, you do have to do that kind of thing occasionally. But. As a
0: fan of this sort of genre, mm. then, who would you like to be compared with? Who
1: do you enjoy? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, in the, in this country, clearly, I think the kind of the, the king and queen of, of crime fiction are probably in Rankin and Val McDermid. Either of those, um, I, I adore. Um, most most of the crime fiction I read is American. Um, American writers like George Pelicanos, Dennis Lehane, um, James Lee Burke, Michael Connolly, I, I adore those guys. So. Um, any of those?
0: Wait, wait, uh, I thought there was a, there's just a little whiff of Ian rankin about this.
1: Well, I mean, you, you know, he is—he he has established this incredible kind of body of work in terms of in terms of you know the police procedural in this country, and he's taken it. I mean, I think he's taken it into the next century. Uh, you know, he was one of the first people because he started writing so young. He was one of the first writers that kind of went, no, I, you know, I don't want my crime fiction to be cozy and to be, you know, because that just isn't the way of the world. Uh, you know, the, the bad guys. Uh, the bad guys, A, aren't always, you know, it was the, it was the working class bloke that did it, madam, and uh, we've locked him away and done him up good, no, and everything will be all right. You know, it's not, the world just isn't like that, and Ian was one of the first people that kind of uh, wrote and reflected that. Sleepyhead is the first from Mark Billingham. It's a triumph. Thank you very Thank you. much.
0: This is the Author Archive podcast. I'm David Freeman, talking there to Mark Billingham, and that conversation was recorded 20 years ago.